It's got a soul, this hero farm. It falls asleep inside my arms. We walk the fields under the stars. For love is here, Goldshaw Farms. Welcome to Goldshaw Farm. I'm your host, Morgan Gold. On each episode of our podcast, we bring you stories of people who are homesteading, farming, and chasing their dreams. And right now, I'm actually more hiding or hiding from work. Um, I I really should be outside working and trying to finish off building a a duck house. But uh, it's pouring rain, and I just have no interest in being outside in the rain. But at the same time, despite the rain making it hard for me want, to want to work right now, it's, it's actually something I'm very thankful for. I'm very thankful for the climate that we live in here in Vermont. Uh, we have an abundance of water. We have plenty of rainfall. We are not in arid climate at all. There's a trade-off in all of that, though. You know, we do have six months of winter. We can have four feet of snow on our pasture for, for months at a time. We can go weeks at a time with temperatures never rising above zero degrees Fahrenheit. And, and that can make it tough. But I'm appreciative for the climate. It fits me, and I feel like the farm that I'm trying to build here fits the context of the climate. I also, though, have friends who are scattered all around the country, and, and within each of those places, they have their own quirks and unique things that they need to do. You know, people down south have fall plantings, uh, an idea that's absolutely laughable for us up here in northern New England. Um, you know, people in California just have consistent, perfect growing seasons year-round in certain places, and that just sort of blows my mind. But when I think about it, really, there's no climate more the opposite of us than in the southwest of the United States and in the deserts. And in particular, when I think about it, you know, down along the uh, U.S.-Mexico border in some of those deserts, gosh, it's so different. It's like being on a completely different planet. Um, You know, for, for previous jobs that I've had, I've traveled a lot and I actually spent quite a bit of time working in the Phoenix and Tucson areas. And, man, it just, you go there and you have these days that are 110, 120 degrees. And it just, like, melts your mind. <laughs> it's, it's, I just can't fathom it. And, and, what's, and that was just, you know, my experience as a business traveler. I can't even imagine what it's like for somebody who's trying to, you know, create a homestead or grow food or, or really just manage livestock or anything like that. Well, to get a different perspective on things and maybe perhaps open up my mind a little bit, I invited uh, Jim and Jessica Bonilla onto the podcast and wanted to hear about them and their experiences because Jim and Jess, they are out in, gosh, southern, southern Arizona, very close to the border of Mexico, and they are trying to build a homestead. And it's not like a homestead that you try to build around here. They are focused on large-scale water catchment and large-scale solar operations and building with things like earth bags, which we'll explain in the interview. And, and so that type of experience just completely changed my perspective on the world and changed my perspective on what it could potentially mean to be a homesteader. And so for today's episode, I figured I'd share that conversation with you guys and give you a sense of what it's like to homestead in the desert. The 
biggest obstacle at the time was that our my mom was living with us at the time. So it was a little bit of a challenge making sure she had a place to live and before we made this move. Um, luckily, luckily she would, we were able to secure her a place uh, to live near near my brother. But uh, other than the living arrangements, I mean, they were you know they definitely thought we were a little crazy. But uh, I think they thought it wasn't going to happen because I mean we told them <laughs> right away what we were thinking and they're like oh yeah 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 okay yeah but uh, it was inevitable and then it happened <laughs> but and, uh, they weren't completely the idea and, and for somebody who's completely unfamiliar with you guys can you describe where you live we live in the uh, we live in the high desert roughly forty three hundred feet altitude. Um, it's definitely a little different from what you would consider like in central Arizona with, you know, the, the barren landscape and the tall cactuses. It's, um, very much kind of like a desert grassland. Yeah. It's a very unique environment and it is in the Southeast corner of Arizona and we're pretty near the U S Mexico border. What would make you choose a place like that to try to establish a homestead? Yeah, we knew that we wanted to, we pretty much knew we wanted to live in Cochise County because of the owner-builder opt-out. So we set some time aside, a couple days, to tour Cochise County from one end to the other. You know, and that that's one of the big reasons of just kind of getting out there driving and checking the plots of land um you know yourself because there's a lot of places that you just can't get to that you don't have access to and this was the first this was one of the better roads that you could get to we could actually get to this place (laughs) (laughs) and it is beautiful here absolutely and and now you're living in sort of temporary quarters today but you're building a homestead for the long term uh, yep, yeah. We're currently living in a in a fifth wheel, and we have still probably about another year and a half to build something more permanent. Yeah, we've definitely looked at a lot of uh, earthen building techniques, a lot of natural building techniques, sustainable sustainable ways to build, and we decided we're going to build an earth bag dome. A what? <laughs> an earth bag dome. So it's. Uh, you know, a structure made out of subsoil into woven polypropylene bags. Uh, can either be single bags or super adobe tubes. And uh, between each course building up, there's layers of barbed wire to hold those in place. And uh, it'll be basically a dome shape. Yeah, so it makes this massive monolithic structure, um, which is incredibly durable and it's very good for temperature regulation and just a very sustainable way to build as far as energy use wow that, that's pretty incredible how, how did you guys get involved in this did you have uh, roots in, in engineering or, or building structures like this <laughs> no absolutely not i mean when we started this we have no skill no carpentry skills no electrical skills um we have we have seen other people um 
build with earth bags. Uh, there are other structures like that around here, but otherwise it's just uh, you know, what we've gleaned from books and um, and doing little little bit of hands-on workshops and things like that. But that's the nice thing about this technique is that it's something that we can do ourselves. Uh, it doesn't take a lot of equipment or you know years of study. Um, it's just a lot of hard physical labor, the willingness to get, you, well, pretty much your whole body dirty. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, and um, how how's your progress been so far? Like, what, what stage of the game are you at? We, well, now that we have our water set up, uh, we can start focusing on our house, which we really need to do. Uh, we are trying to get uh, our permit changed. Right now we have a permit for our regular septic, and we're trying to get that changed to uh, just a very small septic system for our for our kitchen water. And once that gets approved, we can start building. I'm imagining there aren't sewer lines out where you are, and it's not like there's a lot of rain and water out there in general. No, so our average annual rainfall is about 13 inches a year. Um, and we are currently living off of rainwater so uh, we've created a catchment for catching as much of that rain as we can and then storing it. Yeah, we built a 2,200-square-foot roof, basically, for the main purpose of catching water. <laughs> You've been able to go off of that almost exclusively, you're saying, for the last couple months? Yep. Uh, with all the rainwater we've caught, we've now filled up our two 2,500-gallon tanks um, and even we've even had it overflow, and that that should get us at least that should last us at least half a year. Wow, that's incredible! You know, between the the water system and the the build of the house, it just seems daunting. How do you attack planning and researching and and starting a, a project like this? Oh, it definitely takes time. <laughs> yeah, we've been planning for years. Um, and of course those plans have changed over time as we've uh, learned new things and actually been out here and have been observing things um, but yeah it just I mean take it day by day <laughs> I mean yeah the roof alone was like at least weeks of research and then it took me nearly four months to construct it. As you guys think back a couple of years ago when you were in that research phase, what were the things that surprised you that weren't even on your radar when you were first starting down this path? I know what it was for me um, because being a very introverted person um, and Moving to a very rural area, I thought we'd be very secluded, um, but just getting involved with the community locally, with people who are doing similar things, and also people online, uh, we found just this amazing community, and we've actually gotten more con connected with people, which is kind of ironic, like being out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, we, we've we done a lot of research before going into this, so we definitely knew 
a lot of the hardships that we might face, a lot of the problems we might face. Mm. Um, we were prepared for that. And, and what have been some of those biggest hardships? You know, uh, <laughs> I think when doing any kind of endeavor for this, you have to know projects always take longer and they cost more money than you would have anticipated. Um, and things come up that you don't expect to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I had no idea that it would take as long as it did to build this roof. Yeah. The solar took much longer than it than I thought of to get it started. <laughs> so life happens. And out here, uh, we where we live in the high desert, there are a lot of extremes that we have to be prepared for. So it does get quite hot in the summer, and we can get freezing temperatures in the winter. And there's very harsh winds, you know, and the sun is oh, intense. The winds, that is something that I did not quite expect. Uh, the winds blow, especially before the monsoon season, uh, they are rough and they blow almost nonstop. <laughs> Sometimes uh, with gusts 50 miles an hour or more. Wow. And you're living in a fifth wheel. That seems <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely gets definitely can make you seasick. <laughs> wow. Um, as, as you're looking at sort of your situation and, and looking forward and thinking about actually homesteading and growing your own food, you know, what are what are you starting to plan for? Like, what are some of the things that you're even doing now if you can do anything? We've already we've already started a garden. Um, and it's a small one. It's a small star right now, but I think it's good to just sort of like dip your toes in the water and get comfortable with the growing environment. Mm -hmm. Uh, definitely all the predators that could be after the garden, how it is working with the soil. And some of the first things we planted were native plants. So, um, I think that's been a really good way for us to start. Um, using species that are acclimated to this climate already and can also be productive for our use. And, of course, we're building our garden with as many uh, water-saving techniques as possible. Yeah, I mean, it just it, it strikes me that that's the, the great natural resource you got to struggle with. It's, it, it's funny, when I think about what we deal with on our farm up here in, in Vermont, where you know we've got winter basically six plus months a year yet no shortage of water it feels like almost the exact opposite of, of what you you guys have to contend with on a regular basis yeah pretty much <laughs> so you know i know cochise county just vaguely i think the only place i know in cochise county it's, it's a it's bisbee um what sort of homesteading community is out there? Are there are there folks that you've connected with and you've gotten to know in that area who are doing things similar to what you guys are doing? Uh, yes. Uh, so Cochise County is really starting to boom, I think, as far as people wanting to live off-grid and trying to homestead. Um, we live fairly close to... Uh, we live fairly close to Handyman. Um, and he has a very fairly popular uh, YouTube channel. Uh, so I think people seeing his channel has really gravitated a lot of people to Cochise County. More people are finding out about the opt-out, uh, finding out that it's a uh, might be a good place to do this kind of thing. 
Can you describe the whole opt-out situation and what that means and, and make everybody who has to deal with any sort of homeowners association or zoning board really jealous? <laughs> so in Cochise County, you still need permits for just about almost everything you need to do out here. But as a first-time owner-builder, you can opt out of inspections. So when you submit that first permit for your house, you can put five ancillary structures on there. And with that opt-out, uh, once the inspector comes and sees exactly where you're placing the house and making sure it's away from boundaries and everything, that's it. So it pretty much opens it up to a lot of alternative building methods. Because, you know, most building inspectors in most counties are going to probably balk at the idea of, of earth bag construction and that sort of thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's interesting. So so there must be a lot of innovation in terms of how some of these homesteads are taking shape in Cochise County. Yeah. Uh, I've seen firsthand, I think we've seen uh, people build with earth bag. Uh, there's people that have built with adobe and straw bale. And even people up and coming, people that have just moved out to the area, I mean, everyone has their own ideas of what they, how they want to build. As you guys get through this first stage of trying to construct your home and, and get your rain catchment situation stabilized, like, what are your long-term plans as you look out five, ten years from now? So we've definitely, you know, we studied permaculture and we want to uh, use those design techniques out here. So, you know, we're going to keep expanding our water storage. We're going to uh, try and grow as much as possible. Uh, we'd like to start even a food forest, if possible. That might require a little bit more than just rainwater. It's possible we might need to get a well at some point, at least just to get things established. But we really want to push the boundaries on what we can do uh, to transform this property um, and see how much we can grow and see how sustainable we can live out here in the desert. Really push that rainwater and not only just how much we can collect and store, but uh, utilize earthworks like swales, um, net and pan systems to try and uh, pull as much of that water onto the land and get it to soak into the soil where it's uh, where it's most needed. Mm. Are you guys looking at trees much? Yeah, we definitely want to get uh, as uh, as many trees growing out here as possible. Probably start with a lot of native species, especially mesquites, because uh, mesquites are a nitrogen-fixing plant. They can definitely act as a great support species for fruit trees. Oh, wow, I didn't realize that they were nitrogen fixers. So that's, that's nice. You could kind of almost do a whole system based around mesquite which is native and easier to grow and use that to try to establish some of the soil and then add other things as that gets going exactly and what about animals are you guys ever considering doing animals in that type of climate yeah absolutely uh yeah probably chickens will be first and we can use them to help establish a lot of what we're growing using you know uh chicken tractors and utilizing them to you know help uh make the soil more fertile and we might go into goats or sheep later on for for the person who's who's listening to this and 
dreaming of their own homestead someday. What what would you say to them to to get them to try to consider doing the desert homesteading that you guys are pursuing? I don't know if I would actively try and convince someone to move to the desert. <laughs> I mean, it's it's definitely pre- uh, presents a lot of challenges that you sort of have to be willing to take on. You know, you have to have a love of the desert before even trying to do that. Mm. Um, because water, water is a huge one. You know, water is is life, and but I mean, the the advantage is the sun. So, like setting up a solar system, our solar system might be a lot cheaper than uh, someone's trying to set one up in the Midwest or maybe farther north. Uh, and that money then gets spent on trying to catch water. <laughs> so it's a definitely a give and take. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation and got a different perspective on what it means to have a homestead and what a homestead could actually look like. If you want to learn more, uh, be sure to check out uh, Jim and Jess's uh, YouTube channel and Instagram feed. It's called The Green Dream Project. I will leave links for it down below in the show notes. And I got to say, it's worth checking out their content. They're great people and they do some great stuff. And if you want to learn more about us and what we're doing here on Goldshaw Farm, Be sure to check out our YouTube channel. We put out two videos a week showing you what's going on. Lately, it's been all about hatching little baby birds. Um, But we're now starting to get into the prep of of winter and fall and all the things that need to happen there. And, uh, you know, I really hope you guys can follow along. Um, Also, anybody who's been sharing this podcast, and I've been noticing our our listener numbers growing on a regular basis, i got to say thank you. It's been so cool to see this start up over a really... It's only been about a little less than six months since we started this podcast. And just to see the audience that we're starting to get going, it's been so cool. Also, the the Facebook group that we have, the Goldshaw Farm Podcast Facebook group, has been popping up. And it's just been awesome. And so I just want to say thank you, and I'm really appreciative of it. Um, You guys don't have to share this with your friends and family. You guys don't have to rate and review us, but you're doing it anyway. And it just means the world to me. So, So I did want to say thank you. And that's it for this episode. Uh, We will be back very soon with another conversation about another homestead or farm. And I hope you guys stick with it. And I hope you guys have luck and success in anything you're trying to do, whether it's on your farm or on your homestead or if you're planning a farm or homestead in the future. If you really have something going on, I actually really want to hear about it. I'm, I'm looking to find new stories all the time. And, you know, you don't have to be a big YouTuber or you don't have to be a famous farmer. I'm very curious to hear from folks like you listening right now, even if you're just trying to make plans on how to make the leap. So uh, shoot me a uh, note. You can email me at goldshotfarm at gmail.com, and I'd love to hear about it. And so with that, I will be back very soon with another podcast. And with that, I will also ask my good friend, Mr. Keith Pierce, to please play our theme song. Thanks a lot, guys. It's got a soul, this hero farm It falls asleep inside my arms We work the fields under the stars The love is here at Goldshaw Farms A 
city life, yeah, had its charms. But we would dream of the fields under the stars. I fall asleep inside its arms. The love is here at Gold Chop Farms. The love is here at Gold Chop Farms.